Matty Moe, Matty Moe. Hey, Swanee, how's it going? Seen better days after yesterday's match. Yeah, you holding up? I'm, uh, I'm trying to make sense of it all today. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I wasn't, uh, whenever it was all happening, I was all kind of in shock. So to anyone who didn't watch the match yesterday, uh, shall we reveal the score right off the top? Or Yeah, yeah go for it, man. So Real Madrid beats Liverpool 3-1 to win their third consecutive Champions League title. Champions of Europe for the third year in a row. Yeah, four and out of five. Four out of five. So definitely a dynasty. And Zidane Zidane has not lost a cup final since he's took over for Real Madrid. And he has won three Champions League titles in a row. He's been in charge of Real Madrid for three He's already cemented himself as like one of the greatest legendary coaches of all time. Yep. So for me, I think that going into it, you'd have to give the edge to like Real Madrid's bench. It showed how strong they were when you can take a guy like Gareth Bale and put him into the 60th minute, and then he scores one of the greatest goals in like soccer history. Mm-hmm. With that, I th- honestly think that bicycle kick like Ronaldo's was nicer, like sexier. To watch but that one the fact that it was in the champions league final it was a bicycle th- kick it was like a almost like a chip as well mm. and the fact that he had been in the game for like three minutes and then he did, went and did that mm-hmm. was for me like that is a goal worthy of losing a champions league final to and i mean both teams had significant injuries so for me like losing mo salah the way that we lost him I thought that was just, like, so egregious because in the moment, you're kind of like, wait, this seems so innocent. And, like, this, he's been healthy the whole year. And out of nowhere, like, I don't know what you think of that. But when when he went in for that ball with Ramos, and then his arm kind of got went in between Ramos's body and his arm. Mm-hmm. And then Ramos kind of, like, clamped down on him and brought him to the ground. Mm-hmm. And it was an awkward tumble in which I think that Mo Salah probably is a broken collarbone. Mm. But you never know. Yeah, I think uh, I, I was reading, uh, I was trying to catch up on some news this morning when I got up uh, about uh, about that. And it, it seems as though the Egyptian national team is optimistic that he, he'll still play in the World Cup. So it might just be a, like a tendon injury or, or like a, not a break. I think it would have been more obvious if... Uh, it would have been more obvious if he had had something to the level of like a collarbone break or, or a shoulder. He, he, I suppose so. Yeah. He, he could have dislocated his shoulder, I suppose. But uh, I think there might just be. That's uh, hard to say. But if they're if they're thinking that he's going to be still available for the World Cup, then perhaps it's not as bad as initially thought. So for me, p- people that don't like soccer, like okay, when you're getting into that match, there's like so much to be excited about before it starts, like all the the drama of like the matchups, like we were saying Virgil van Dyke against Ronaldo. And then there was like Ramos against Salah. And then it's like the two keepers, like how are they going to perform? And then like, how are the coaches going to perform tactically? And then like every minute of the match is kind of like, you know, when is Gareth Bale going to be coming on or does he start? And he didn't. And then he came on and he was such an X factor. There's like so many like storylines going into it that can happen. And that's what's so cool. I find about soccer mm-hmm. and then, like, the unthinkable things can happen, as such yesterday, when Carius, uh, Liverpool's keeper, he gets the ball. There was It, it would have been, like, offside if 
if he didn't have possession of that ball. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of just casually like rolls it across the to switch the field, and Benzema just like sticks his leg out and redirects the throw into the net. And it was just like something I, as a keeper, I don't think I've ever even like thought of. You know what I mean? Like I don't think that's ever happened even close to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened. Like I don't know if you saw earlier that Ramos went in for like I don't know if it was off of a corner kick or off of an t- attack. Mm-hmm. But he went in on the attack, and when he went in, he was, like, near post running, and his shoulder hit Karius in the head. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems to me, like, honestly, part of the game plan would have been, like, let's make, like, Mo Salah's, like, life difficult. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then when he sees an opportunity to, like, take him out like that, I honestly think that that was, like, it wasn't incidental. Mm-hmm. It was part of his, how he plays. And it just so happened that... I don't know. I think Mo Salah might have been like a little naive going into playing against Ramos as well. Maybe. But that's like very, it's so disappointing. Liverpool, I honestly feel like they were outplaying Real Madrid for the first 30 minutes and then things changed mm-hmm. and then our depth really hurt us. Mm-hmm. Especially whenever we, uh, Ox Chamberlain, if we could have had him to start the match or. I don't know if like if Sturridge was actually in form and still with Liverpool, he would have been a better substitution than putting on Adam Lallana. Yeah, I was surprised when I saw Lallana uh, stepping up to come on the field because he's uh, you, like sometimes an attacking midfield player, but usually not an attacking player as far as I remember for Liverpool. So it was kind of when he stepped up for that substitution, I thought to myself, wow, they must the clock must really not feel either. He must not feel very comfortable or he just doesn't have a lot of options. I don't know why he wouldn't have put Danny Ings up. Like, I would have put Danny Ings on before I would have put Lallana up front. Lallana's supposed to be like an attacking midfielder kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But, excuse me, the, um, they have another, they have another youngster. I wasn't actually sure if he was uh, on the bench or not. Solanke, he's kind of like a young attacking player. Yes, he's like, uh, they got him from Chelsea in the offseason. I wasn't sure if he was uh, listed or not. I don't remember seeing him as a substitute. But if he was a substitute, he's kind of like the attacking player they could have used, I suppose. Or or maybe Klopp didn't want to use him because he was kind of young and inexperienced. I'm not sure. Yeah. No, I think that Solanke is good. And you could have made – I would have made more of a case for him than Lallana in that situation, (laughs) honestly. Yeah. But – I don't know. That's uh, football and how you have to like be prepared to lose your best player who you haven't had to deal with out all year yeah. and that, like totally change your tactics. And yeah, I mean, they suffered a bad injury as well. And Danny, Danny Carvajal. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, and he's, he's out, he's been ruled out of the world cup now, which is kind of, uh, which is too bad for Spain. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're super deep, but at the same time, it's really too bad for him because and you could tell it was like something Achilles related, I think. Uh, I don't know if it's ruptured or if it's no. He he had injured that Achilles previously, but um, the the current reports are that it was a, it's a hamstring injury. So, the first goal of the match was a total mistake. Yeah, like most keepers would never make a mistake like that in their career. Yeah, I actually, I actually said I was talking to my to my dad just before I came on here, and uh, he was saying, you know, that that's kind of like a mistake that you or I would make, you know, if we were playing like pickup soccer or if we were just playing, you know, beer league soccer or something like that, you know, you you, you don't notice or you're not a keeper, you're just kind of out there trying your best, but for a professional, for for a professional uh, goalkeeper to make that error, it's kind of a it's a pretty big gaffe. It's, I mean. He- 
he'll never make an error like that again in his life. And honestly, a lot of Liverpool people say that it's not his fault that we lost because he shouldn't have been nuts in the first place. Like he was not capable or ready for a match of that magnitude. Mm-hmm. So to put him in position, like he did play fairly well at times. Like he had a couple of great stops. And yeah. yeah. If you take out those two mistakes, but he's never the kind of goalie that's going to win you a match. And it's always been like either Lavorin or Carius. Whenever things went wrong, it was one of those two guys. And Lavorin actually played well yesterday. Yeah. But Carius on the first goal, that was absolutely egregious. And mm. there's no way that that should ever happen, especially in a championship. Yep. And then the second goal by Gareth Bale was insane. And I don't know if it was – I saw one report saying that it was offside. But I don't know how that would be offside. Which, Bale's overhead kick? Yes. Yeah, it looked uh... like there was other people in line. But I'll have to take a second look at the video. Because the angles that we got, I don't think it really showed the full line. And the fact that it was just like such an insane goal. But you're reading like the comment sections on different articles. And this one particular person said how like the first goal and the third goal should have never happened. And the second goal was offside. But I'll have to double check. I'm just going to I'm, I'm going to try and pull up that uh, that video just while we're uh, while we're chatting. Because I, I actually I, well, I watched it. It wasn't enough to see it just during the game. I, I like pulled it up to watch it a couple times afterwards. It, it, it's just it's it, you're so focused on the actual goal itself that uh, that you don't you don't even think about the potential for it being offside. But now that you say that, exactly, I, I guess I, I haven't actually looked at it to uh, I haven't looked at it to be able to tell you. Maybe I'll I'll take then, a, I'll take another look later. <laughs> and then the other thing is the second howler that Carius lets in. Mm. which is the third goal of the match and basically the final nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. In the 83rd minute, he lets in a shot from about 40-some yards, and it's, like, right at him, and it dipped at the last second. But it was such a, like, weird knuckler. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I could see that happening to maybe, like, myself or, you know, some non-professional. Yeah. But, like, when in doubt like that, you just have to, like, make sure that's a way. Like, it's got to be off the net. Like, you're going to be able to touch that. Mm-hmm. With that one touch, make sure it's away. If you can't handle that one, mm-hmm. and but he should have probably he should have been able to handle that one. But I honestly don't know. Like maybe he has a concussion. Maybe he took like that knock that he took from Ramos might have been like an extremely underrated play of the match. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, between Ramos uh, injuring Salah and then doing that to Carius, for me, it's just like that guy is like totally dead to me. Like I'll never be able to <laughs> You'll never support be able to... any time that he's on the pitch. I want him to yeah. get and destroyed to, and I want you him have, to lose. You have to, you have to try and keep in mind that he didn't purposely let those goals in. He just, you know, he was, he honestly was probably just trying his best and made a mistake as you know, anybody does in life and in football. And uh, you know, it's, I mean, I guess it is possible that, you know, he was max match fixing, but such a small, no, right? no, I don't think there's any match. No, I, I, oh, I know, but I mean, like outside of that possibility, the only thing is that he was trying his best and he just made a mistake. So you know, I, 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 I can't look at it from a Liverpool fan point of view, but uh, you know, from a Real Madrid fan point of view, uh, you know, he it looked like he just made some mistakes that, uh, unfortunately, you, you know, even the, even a couple of mistakes are enough to lose you a big match like that. Yeah, well, either way, they were mistakes. And even if he did take that, like, shot and it did affect yeah. him, like, there's still things that 
you shouldn't ever have happened. You know what I mean? Like there's guys in the NFL that quarterbacks that I'm sure play with like concussions and they're not necessarily making those stupid plays. There's, they could still be executing even if they are under the wrong impression, but I don't know. I just, I honestly think that, yes, those were two mistakes that were like so, so avoidable. And it was like Liverpool, I would have considered under underdogs going into the match. Mm. But I definitely thought that they had a chance to win. Like, crazier things can happen. It's like a 90-minute sport with a bunch of professionals playing. Like, anything can happen, right? Yeah. And anything did indeed happen. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you only need to win that game once. Like, you get one out of one try. You don't have to win it. It's not like in hockey where you have to win four out of seven. Yeah. Anybody can, like, really pull it together for one match. And maybe you entice the other team into a red card. Or you happen to draw a red card early on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. anything can happen. and. At the end of the day, congratulations to Real Madrid, and that's quite a feat with an excellent, like like I said, one of the best coaches ever already. Yeah. And one of the best players ever in Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. And something about Ronaldo, yeah. he, so I thought he played like dog shit yesterday. Essentially. Uh, like, I'll just, I'll, let, let, me, let me cut you off there because I'm, I'm going to give Liverpool some credit, uh, just to your point. I, I think that he, he didn't play his best game, but I, one of the things that I had been saying leading into this game was that, you know, who on Liverpool is going to guard Ronaldo or who is going to defend against Ronaldo. And in my mind, I thought that he was, his quality was too much for even Virgil, Virgil van Dijk. But I actually thought that Virgil van Dijk and Henderson both did an excellent job uh, keeping an eye on Ronaldo. Uh, and so to that point, I think he didn't have a good game, but I actually think Liverpool's defense, uh, I think they need a, a little bit of a, a pat on the back there. I thought they did an excellent job. All right, that's props. Actually, it's not. It, it takes two parties there, and yeah, Virgil Van Dyke did. Like they had some nice, nice clean tackles mm-hmm. on the uh, Ronaldo in the second half had a few chances and yeah, a couple, a couple, a couple that he should have buried too. A couple that he should have, you know, a, a, a player with his quality. I thought he had a couple of opportunities that he should have put in the net, no doubt, but he missed them. Do you remember that save that Neves made early on in the match? Yes, I, I do. Was, um, it went through a couple legs. Arnold had the shot. Yep. That was so crucial. It was. And I remember saying that at the time. I remember saying, you know, like, that's a big save. No rebound either. I think you probably recognize the fact that if he had let that, you know, if he had saved it with a rebound, you know, maybe a Liverpool player could have put their foot on it. That was, from a, a regular perspective, you might be like, oh, yeah, that's like a relatively standard save. Yeah. That was incredible, the fact that he saved that and that he held on to it. And his positioning was perfect. And I think that Neves definitely de- deserves some some nice credit. Like, he's not a top five keeper in the world. And they're probably going to try to replace him with Courtois or De Gea this summer if they can. Yeah. But if they still have him for next year. Yeah, I mean, he's that's the keeper. not the end of the world either. He's the like, keeper. I would take him on Liverpool. No, no problem. Yeah. Yeah, until he, until he rolls the ball into somebody's boot and into the back of the net, right? Well, here's the thing. Uh, there is a silver lining with this, and that's that Liverpool already have Naby Keita coming in next year. True. We are so close. We're such a great team with a lot of injured guys, and I think that the team next year is just going to keep getting better and better. We're going to buy the right players this summer, and now we have a full excuse to spend as much as we need to fix the problem in the net. Like, go and spend $100 million to get Oblak or to get Allison from Roma or buy Casper um, Schmeichel, maybe, from Leicester City mm. or buy, uh, what's his name, Clemenson or the backup keeper for Barcelona. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Sillison, Sillison. Yeah, Sillison. yeah. He doesn't want to leave, but at the same time, if Liverpool could offer him a starting position, maybe he considers it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, maybe, maybe. Yeah, you're right. I think Liverpool have to. Uh, they can't let themselves kind of uh, fall off. You know what I mean? They can't let this. They can't let this loss uh, uh, give them any excuses to just kind of hang their heads. They got to keep their heads high and. Uh, improve where they need to improve and then come back just as good next year. Well, it was still a fantastic season and, mm-hmm. and like Man City, they had the best season of any English club this year. Mm-hmm. I would have to say Liverpool had the second best season, even though they didn't finish second in the league. I don't know how you feel about this, but I would say Liverpool had a better season than Man U because they both qualified for Champions League next year, mm-hmm. but Liverpool went much farther in Champions League and the difference that they had in the EPL standings isn't significant enough to really like warrant like they were that much better. It just depends on think? it depends on what your it's kind of subjective as to what your uh, your marker for success is. If your mm-hmm. if your marker for success is a, like a title or like winning the EPL, then if you didn't win the EPL, kind of like what you're saying, then you're kind of in you're in the same boat. If you're uh, and in that respect, you would say that United and Liverpool had pretty much identical seasons because. Neither of them won any hardware. Neither of them, you know, both of them qualified for Champions League. So really on paper, uh, like if that's your marker for success, like hardware, then you would say Liverpool and Manchester United had... I think it was a draw for basically, like I'd give the edge to Man U for the domestic standings because they beat them by however many, like maybe one or two extra wins. But the difference in Champions League between the two of them was far greater. I suppose. But, I mean, would you, you want the gold medal or the silver medal or nothing at all? What's, the, what's that saying? You know, if you, don't, well, if you don't come first, you're last or something like that. So, I mean, I think Klopp said in his interviews leading up to the Champions League final that nobody remembers second place. And it's true. And, and it is true. But I would take second place in Champions League versus, say, what man you had this year for the sake of recruiting in the future. Like, it isn't something, it is, who no one's going to remember this season other than, like, the egregious mistakes. And, yes, we had a great, like, the year of Mo Salah, and we didn't win anything. It was a great year. We didn't win anything. Mm -hmm. But I think for next year, this season has been fantastic, and it's really shown, I think, that players do want to come and play for Klopp. Mm -hmm. I think that he's going to be excellent to recruit players. And the fact that we made it to a final shows that we are a club of quality going in the right direction and Mm -hmm. only getting better with... Nabi Kaija coming in and young players getting stronger. And I think like it, like my feeling at Man U right now is they can end up, there's no real certainty of what's, what's happening moving forward. They are the number one global brand for soccer in the world, Mm -hmm. but so they're always going to be relevant. They have so much history, but Jose Mourinho has like a huge task in front of him next year. Like he has to win something next year. Otherwise he's going to look like, crap and they probably should move on from him mm-hmm. and they've spent so much money and they've had enough time now that it is time I yeah think this is the first year the first time where he's been with a club for the second season and hasn't won anything yeah like he you normally by the second season he has his guys in there playing the system that he wants to play and they as with a lot of clubs right like you want to give the manager at least like a full year and a full year of transfers to make his team the way it is like that's what Pep has done such a fantastic job of with Man City. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they, now, they always they always talk about like Manchester United and Manchester City having equal spending. And that might be true in terms of money, like monetary wise. But there's like as a as a person that enjoys cheering for Manchester United because of the history. And, I, you know, I've, I've watched them for a long time. I can I can honestly say uh, with my Manchester United hat on that Manchester City has spent their money much, much more wisely. Uh, like they've 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 purchased players you know, that are specific to his system. You know, they, they didn't, they may have spent a lot of money, but they didn't spend a lot of money on any one player. Uh, like a lot, their money was spread out over, uh, you know, a, a few players that have really made a difference for them. Uh, yeah. Manchester United, I feel like is just money to, to get players that are, have good market value or like are, are, are brandable. And uh, for that reason, I don't, I don't think that Manchester United has spent particularly wisely. Well, we will see going into this season. I feel that uh, Pop Pogba could be on his way out of town. Mm. And I also feel that... Um, so, Ronaldo, basically his, his teammates are mad at him and the, the Real Madrid club is mad at him right now a little. Because yesterday, since he didn't really have any impact in the match and he wanted like a bunch of love... He had suggested that they should change the Champions League to the Cristiano, uh, the CR7 League trophy. Yeah. <clears throat> and the whole, name the whole league after him because he's won. This is his fifth, right? Yeah. So one with Man U and then four with Real Madrid. And I would still say that Messi is uh, the greatest player of all time over him. Like, And it, it just shows that Ronaldo is so narcissistic. Like, yes, he is a part of that team and he, it is another, like, feather in his cap but the fact that he cares more about like having the spotlight and everyone wanting to look at him more so than the fact that real madrid won their third title in a row Mm -hmm. like it's so so selfish it's true and like it he is a great footballer and there's no question about that but it for me it's just like as a teammate it's just like come on man and he's already made up his mind. I guess in January he was insulted with the contract offer that real madrid Madrid gave him Mm -hmm. So now it's time for him to, who knows, maybe he's going to Paris Saint-Germain. Maybe he's going to Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Do you have any prediction as to where, what's going to happen with Ronaldo? I think he's just, he's using the situation to uh, remind the people that make the big decisions for Real Madrid that he is unsettled. You know what I mean? He's using the situation to get a better contract. Uh, you know, can PSG afford him? No. You know, they've already got a lot of question marks with uh, with financial fair play. Does he Maybe want- they trade him for Neymar, though. I, I, I do not see that happening. Um, uh, unless Neymar really pushes for it. But uh, by all recent accounts, him and the new coach, Thomas Tuckle, are getting along. Um, and uh, I think that would be too quick to leave. So I don't. I couldn't see him going to PSG. Although, I mean, I didn't think Neymar was going to leave Barcelona last summer. So I guess anything that happened, happened. Yes. Well... That is something to stay on top of. So it looks as if I honestly think that if it's the perfect time for Ronaldo is on his decline. I can't see him having a better season next year than he did this year. Or I can't see him having his best year ever. Or you know what I mean? Like even if I think each year from now on is going to continue to go down a little, down a little. And he's going to readapt his game to play a different style so he can be relevant. But his like Swiss Army knife is of ability is getting less and less as time goes on. Mm-hmm. He's not like the 
he doesn't have the full meal deal that he used to have. He's True. getting slower. Other players are, you know, a little bit quicker than him, just making everything a little bit harder on him that used to be so easy. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see him, you know, finish with them as a three-time champion, and then he moves on. He's also extremely marketable, and he wants to be in the face and, like, get all the attention. So I could totally see him going to Paris or going to Manchester United. And then eventually maybe the MLS. I can't see him taking a step back. I could see him going to China. Like, I could see, like, a Chinese club offering to, like, pay him a lot of money. Um, right now, after Real Madrid? Yeah, I mean, I could see that. Like, I, I would see him chasing money. Like, he's got all the glory. Going back to Manchester United, I don't know. I think that's um, – I think that – so, the Spanish league right now is the best league, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion. Hmm. But the English next year could very well take over as a better league. The English league but, as a whole – I think is more competitive. I think there are better. I think the two best teams in world football are in the Spanish league, and there are some other teams like uh, uh, like Atletico Madrid and, and Valencia, and uh, I mean Sevilla trailed off this year, but there are some other very good teams. Um, and when you look at the English league, it's a similar structure, just maybe more. You'd like six, we'll say like six or seven good teams, and then the rest are just kind of vying for the places below them. But as a whole, I think yeah, uh, the English league is getting better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's those 17, 18, 19, 20 teams in England compete harder with the top clubs mm-hmm. than those of the, the same ranking in the uh, La Liga. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't. What about Gareth Bale? He says that, that he wants regular playing time. Maybe he will get it. If Ronaldo leaves, then maybe Gareth Bale gets regular playing time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's already made up his mind and his agent's going to go to work and try to get him the highest contract in the place that he desires most like maybe he could end up in manchester maybe again i see him going to play for Mourinho at man u uh yeah i guess at this point i don't even know what Mourinho's doing like i don't even know what kind of players he wants defensive players i guess because that's kind of the the key to his system so if defensive players are the players that he wants then gareth bale probably won't be too high on the list um, but I, I see Gareth Bale as being happy in Madrid, I, but I see him using this, this situation this, in the same way as Ronaldo's using it, just kind of, hey, I just came on and scored two huge goals. you got to let me play more, and if you got a little extra money, you got to pay me more too. You know? Well, that could very well be the case. And then the, uh, Anyway, in the end, I predict that they're both – I'm going to make a bold prediction and say that they're both gone – they're not, neither of them are with Real Madrid at the start of next year. That is very bold. Yep. I could, I think that, I could see one going. I think that Ronaldo's gone, definitely. And I think that Gareth Bale's going to EPL. I don't know where Ronaldo's going to go exactly. I could maybe see him going to Paris and then trying to find a way to make that work. Mm, maybe. But also, he could be going back to Menu. Him and Gareth Bale could both. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and Pogba the other way. Pogba the other yeah, way. Maybe. The yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I could see that, actually. Maybe even Pogba and De Gea. Yeah. And then, man, you will get another keeper. Like, who knows? They, they can find another keeper, no problem. Yeah. I'd hate to give up De Gea, but to make that deal work, I think they'd probably be, be willing to make that happen. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of... That's, would you do that straight that's, up? That's a lot of deals. <laughs> would you do that straight up? If you were... You're, those are your two teams, man, you and Real Madrid. Nah. If you saw Pogba and De Gea... For Ronaldo and Gareth Bale. No, I wouldn't do that. Who's losing that deal? Manchester United's losing that deal. 
Hmm. For sure, because you're trading two. I think financially, I think financially they're winning big time. Ronaldo would cost you a lot more than De Gea, probably, especially because he's so marketable. But for how many more years? Like how? Like how old is De Gea? Well, that's the thing. And but goalies are a different type of premium. De Gea has probably at least ten good years left. Right. So yes, Ronaldo is just like a short term. Like maybe he's good for the next like two or three years. Okay. But. It's kind of like, you know, in hockey, the Shea Weber, P.K. Subban trade. It's like, well, maybe Mourinho's not worried about what's going to happen in 10 years' time, and he can find a suitable keeper to replace De Gea. Mm, maybe. But. Yeah, you're, you're trading two. You would be trading two very youthful players in Pogba, even though he hasn't performed. He's only 23, 24 years old. Uh, and you're trading De Gea, like we've already said, with because he's a keeper, many years of success in the future, presumably. So, and then you're getting Ronaldo, who's like you said on the decline. Uh, his his brand is worth a lot, yes, and he had played for the club previously, yes. But uh, I don't know. And then you've got a player like Gareth Bale, who who put in a good performance here in this final, but I'd say like thirty, forty percent of the time he's injured. Yes. So yeah, that issue, a major issue. So I don't know. I, I can't see that happening. I could see Bale going. I could see Bale going to the EPL though, because Real Madrid, Real Madrid would probably want to sell him high. And, you know, coming on and scoring two, two huge goals, uh, you know, the winning goal, basically, in the, uh, in the Champions League final is, uh, you know, there's no better time to sell him. So if they were going to sell him, they would probably sell him now. Yes, if th- that's an uh, excellent point. I do agree with you on that. Yeah. It would be a, the perfect time for them to sell him. And they, they really need to sort out their future because they are pretty fortunate that they didn't have a tougher task, you know. I really wanted Liverpool to like push them to the brink and make Real Madrid earn it a little bit more. Yeah, but like you know, Barcelona being they're going to be extremely strong next year. There's a lot. Man City is going to be way stronger in Champions League next year. Man U is going to be stronger in Champions League next year. Like it's going to be a whole. Everyone's got to really regroup in the off season, retool, mm-hmm. and then you know that. These other teams are just coming back even stronger. Everyone like Griezmann's going to probably be beyond uh, Real, or he's going to Barcelona. Maybe I, if I had to put money on that transfer, I'm saying he's definitely. But the thing is that he is a 100 million dollar release clause, which is peanuts right now in that market. Yeah. So I think that Atletico aren't really willing to let go of with him him until they get a little bit more. Yeah. But I think it would be a good time for them to let go of him and replace and they do such a good job of losing their superstars but never losing any momentum within their club mm. yeah they, they play a very specific way i i was thinking simeone coming to arsenal would have been really awesome for the epl in my opinion he's one of the top you know five six coaches in the world mm-hmm. and his intensity would be great for the epl but yeah not yet not yet no um there's uh I don't know. Do we do we want to just uh, chat about UCL or do we want to move on to any other su- topics? Yeah, so I guess for Champions League, really, in the end, Real Madrid, they won. Liverpool, our biggest holes were exposed and we'll fix those in the offseason. Besides that, going to be really exciting to see how Real Madrid retool. And <clears throat> we could mention... Fulham have been promoted. They have. Pretty cool. Yeah. Did, did, you, did you notice how much money they got for being promoted? 
I didn't notice. I'm, it's over 100 million, I assume. Yeah. Uh, I just want to look this up quick um, because I was reading that. That's why the, the match was going to be so hotly contested um, was because of how much money was, uh, uh, was being exchanged for whoever won. It was like uh, going to the Premier League. But also, I think both teams are still relieving, uh, receiving what they call parachute money from the last time they like if you're relegated down from mm-hmm. Premier League I think it's five seasons worth of what they call parachute money like money that they would have received had they stayed up or like uh I forget how they phrase it but there's like a, a uh, like a lump sum that's paid out over a period of time after you're relegated and you, so it's just like it's not a, the full amount that you get but it's a portion of what you would be getting exactly yeah I, I think that that's how it works um, wow. but they're still rec- both teams, both Aston Villa and Fulham were, I think this is, uh, this was their fifth and final year for Fulham. So they're getting that money, the money for going up. And I think there was more, uh, more money on the table. Uh, so you did predict you, both of your predictions were correct. You predicted Real Madrid to win. It wasn't the exact scoreline, but you did predict that. And you also predicted Fulham to be promoted. Mm-hmm. So congratulations on those. Do you think that Ryan Sessegnon will be with Fulham at the beginning of next season, or do you think that a bigger club's going to gobble him up? I think that he'll be there for that season, and then depending on how his season goes, he'll move on. I think it'll be uh, they'll have enough money to pay him a little bit more. Yeah. So I don't think that'll be a problem, and uh, they uh, they're in the Premier League, and he's the star player. So I think he's in he's in the right place, and if they get relegated and he has a good season, then he's still on the rise and somebody will scoop him up much like other teams are scooping up the players that were on the teams that got relegated this year. Yes. Yeah. I do agree with you in that prediction. And for EPL fantasy football, Mm -hmm. I think that he will be a definite, I I could see him being a little bit undervalued in terms of how much he's going to cost. Yeah, maybe. One thing I always like looking forward to is whenever they, they start the new fantasy season for Mm -hmm. EPL Mm -hmm. And the guys who I remember when Vardy and Marhez came in as like the Leicester City, the year that Leicester won, mm-hmm. they were so undervalued. And it's kind of like Mo Salah this year. He was, I found, I think he started off as 9 million and by the end he was like 10.5. Mm-hmm. But every, even when he was like getting up to 9.5, like he couldn't get more expensive enough. You know what I mean? Like he was proving there's certain players that no matter how much they cost you, they're just worth having on your team because you know they're producing. It's true. And it'll be interesting because I think Sessegnon next year, as you said, he's the star of their team and he has such a bright future. It'll be interesting to see what they price him at. I'm going to take a guess right now mm-hmm. and say that he's going to be at seven and a half million. You think? Because he's a, he's a wingback, right? So he's like the same as Marcus Alonso. Oh, they'll have him, well, in that case, I'm going to say six and a half. Yeah, that's, yeah, I would guess like maybe five and a half, six to start because you're, okay. never, you're never really sure how he's going to he's gonna uh, do that's true you're paying like a, i think this year bellerin was six and a half yeah like six and a half are among the more expensive wingbacks Big maybe time. even just a six for him yeah and i think alonso made it up to seven and a half um after after some success you know, like he's, yeah. he's he's been relatively consistent him and valencia were the most expensive defenders i think this year yeah they were uh, they were uh, just to answer that question that i proposed earlier about the the money for fulham uh, it says that they will benefit from at least 160 million across the next three seasons, uh, which could rise to 280 million if they survive their first season in the in the Premiership. Wow! So that's a, a good chunk of money. Hopefully, they can bring in some good players. Yeah, 
I think you, you have the team that you have, and then you just maybe bring in, the, well, I guess, try to make your biggest weakness a uh, strength. And it's another, it's one thing to like have the money. It's another thing to attract talent and find the right talent for your club, not just like spending money to spend it. Mm-hmm. So, like Everton last year, they went on such an insane spending spree. Mm-hmm. And then I really like if you look at all the transfers that they've made, how many of them have really fully worked out? Yeah. So. They were one. I think they spent among like the top five in Europe last year, yeah. and no, nothing to show for it. So, yeah, um, yeah, totally, totally. It'll be. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, like the spending versus winning ratios for a lot of the teams. Um, well, it's about finding a club that having a manager that has a vision, and you really have to give them a solid two years to carry out their vision. And if they really shit the bed to begin, then you kind of like have have to make a, a decision. Like, look at how many clubs signed Sam Alterdice to finish a season. Because yeah. they know that there's certain managers that, you know, they have like a shelf or they have a certain specialty, just like in baseball, if you're like a closer. Yep. Well, there's certain managers like, okay, hey, Sam, keep us up in the EPL. Or but Rafa Benitez, like, bring Newcastle back to the premiership and then, like, try to keep us up. Yep. And... Imagine if these guys all of a sudden, you know, I thought Rafa sucked for a while, mm. but then he's really reproven himself with Newcastle. And if they give him a little bit of money, that's the other thing is their ownership situation is very murky. Mm. And so when you have a situation like that, they're not going to give you any extra money. They're not looking to spend money on their club. So he's done so well with such limited resources. He, after Newcastle, may have earned himself a chance to go back to a bigger club. Yeah, what maybe. Think? I think he'll probably stay there. I think he feels a loyalty to uh, to the Magpies, to like the Newcastle fans. And uh, I think at least for this year, mm-hmm. but depending on how well this year goes and depending on who is knocking on his door True. or if, if he wants to. It's the same thing with uh, Pochettino and with uh, the Spurs, Tottenham. Yeah. He just signed a new five-year deal, and that was something that I'm happy that he's staying with them, just like how I'm happy that – Diego Simeone stayed with Atletico when they're opening their new stadiums. Mm-hmm. I think that could be like such a tumultuous time if you don't stick with your club for the first year and or second year of your brand new stadium coming in. Because yeah. yeah. there's a certain consistency with having that, that face of the franchise that he's the ideal, he's the, the person who's moving all the, the chess pieces and picking the chess pieces and the strategy for the chess pieces. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I see football, like world football. You have, like, you know, 25 chess pieces, and you get to pick what they are in your strategy to this match every week. And you're growing chess pieces, and you're trying to improve your chess pieces based on training. And, you know, that's a guy like Klopp. Like, I think he's really good with young talent to help him to improve the players that he has. Whereas, you know, he more so, in my opinion, needs, like, the finished product. And then he's really good with moving around these chess pieces and playing with, with that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. yeah i agree i agree completely yeah i think i think rafa will stay for a year if hopefully newcastle like if they get their ownership uh, situation figured out he'll get a little bit more money to work with and be able to improve the squad that he has and they can kind of do because newcastle used to be uh you know back just around the inception of the premier league and, and before that they were uh, they were a top team yeah they're a highly regarded club for sure who mm-hmm. If people just started following the league in the last 10 years, they would think nothing of them. Yeah. But they're one of those teams with history and one of the best parks 
to watch a match. St. James Park. Yep. St. James Gate. Yeah, I've I've actually been there before. Yeah. You have been? I have. I watched I watched a match there when I was younger. Oh no way. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of history with that club, and it would them come back to relevance. And I think next year, I actually have a buddy from Fredericton who's a big Newcastle fan. And Tommy Craig in Charlottetown is actually yeah. a big He's, Newcastle fan. I think, I think Tommy's from that area, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so besides that, the Champions League is finished. The World Cup will be coming up in about two weeks. So a lot of these players, are they might not get much rest, and they're just immediately going to join their national teams and get ready for that. Mm-hmm. We'll have to preview the World Cup in a week or two, give ourselves a little break, regather. Mm-hmm. And also, who knows, there could be some transfers between now and the World Cup. There could be transfers, but I have a feeling that a lot of clubs will probably try to, unless you have immediate needs, a lot of clubs will just sit and wait and see what happens with the World Cup. Yeah, You never know, someone could get injured that you're thinking about bringing in, True. or also a new star could emerge, like Hemis Rodriguez mm-hmm. with Colombia, and mm-hmm. then Real Madrid gobbled him up. Yep. So maybe there'll be, there's always one or two guys that out of nowhere come out and they, they show the what they got. Clubs can't resist. It's true. It's just a, it's a dangerous game to play too, though, because a player that you're looking at buying might have a really good World Cup, and then at the other end of the World Cup, they might uh, be much more expensive than before. So, if a, if a club is looking at maybe improving a particular area of their squad, and they have a player in mind, they might want to try and you know get the deal done before the World Cup so that. You know, they don't have to pay any extra premiums afterwards. That's true. You're kind of playing with fire there. Yeah. If you really want to have that guy, and that's the other thing. You're looking for a specific piece for mm. you to add to your team, then mm-hmm. get the deal done before the price could go up. Exactly. But I guess it depends on clubs, too. Like, if you're one of the bigger clubs, you know, money is really no object, and players want to go with you, with you from the beginning. Like, Barcelona is so easy to recruit for, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're one of these smaller clubs that's just been promoted, and then, yeah, we want this. This guy has a good World Cup. All of a sudden, he wants to go for Real Madrid rather than signing with, like, Watford. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, for the smaller clubs, I think it's definitely more of a priority. But for the bigger clubs, they can kind of sit back and relax a little bit more. Because they're in a whole different league for, like, who they could choose from also, right? Yeah. Like Griezmann being basically, I think he's going to go this year. He can basically go wherever he wants, but there's only so many clubs that can actually afford his salary and afford to buy him in the first place. Yeah. So you're kind of like boxed in as to it's either Man U, Paris Saint-Germain if they really wanted to, Barcelona, maybe like there's another English team that might be able to. But, you know, Chelsea, they're getting a new stadium. And anytime a team's getting a new stadium, they're not really looking to spend a whole lot more on player wages at that point in time kind of just maintaining what they already have mm-hmm. that's what happened with arsenal like whenever they Ar- arsene wenger was with them they brought he kind of brought them the new stadium mm-hmm. but in bringing them the new stadium they had to sell off some of their stars like van Persie. and you know it's too bad that you're improving the club with the new stadium but at the same time the the level of football kind of drops a little well yeah. now that could be happening to tottenham they're eventually gonna have to sell off some of these stars or the stars are going to want to move to greener pastures if they don't have success with Tottenham. And then the same thing could happen with Chelsea where the identity of that team with Conte moving forward, he might not be the manager at the beginning of next year. 
and Azard might want to move on to something, a new project. Courtois might want to move on to a new project. Mm-hmm. Like, who knows if Conte wants to stay there? Maybe he wants, he's French. Maybe he wants to go play for Paris Saint Germain or a different club. Mm-hmm. But that's the cool thing with world football is like there's so many moving pieces all the time. There's so many new players from all over the world emerging all the time. There's really not that much of a break in the uh, 52 weeks of a year. Mm-hmm. It's true. And when there is a break, you're kind of like welcoming like a two to four week break. Mm-hmm. I know that Danielle, she's like, okay, it was one thing for you to like have a favorite team, but you watch like every match. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got the Euro Cup and the World Cup, and then you've got like the FA Cup. How many cups are there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's starting to realize that it's just never going to end. Yeah. Well, the sooner she realizes that, the better, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'll be like cradling a baby or like, you know, yeah. feeding a baby or, you know, washing, bathing the dog with like my <laughs> phone in the background with the Champions League match on. Yeah. I feel like I'll be able to multitask all these things. Yeah. Throughout my life, so. and, and hey, I actually read something for anybody who's listening that watches uh, Champions League uh, in Canada. I don't know if you saw this, but TSN has been carrying the Premier League match or the Ch- Champions League uh, matches rather for the last, I don't know, five years, I'm going to say maybe more. Okay. And uh, they've lost the contract for next year. And oh, they, no way. The contract has gone to Dazen. I don't know if you're familiar with Dazen. No, I'm not. They're like the, they're an online streaming service, similar to kind of like how Netflix is set up, I suppose, but uh, they deal with sports ex- exclusively. Uh, so right now um, I actually have access to Dazen and uh, they showed some of the champions league matches this year, but only a few, but only a few. And they also carry all of the La Liga matches, all of the Serie A, like the Italian league matches, and the French league as well. So, <laughs> so anybody who's who hasn't heard of Dazen that's interested in in uh, in getting that, I think that unless you're only in it to watch Premier League, then really cable cable subscription to to uh, to see those sports channels is starting to dwindle a bit, especially if you're a football fan. So you pay for a annual Dazen membership? Correct. Yeah. How much would a Dazen membership cost for you, roughly? Uh, let's take a look. I think it's like, it's not very much. If it's if it's fifteen bucks a month, I would be surprised. Uh, let's see what it's fifteen bucks a month. Dazen sound too bad. No, it doesn't. It's one hundred and fifty annually, so twenty bucks a month. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's got NFL too. You get the you get the NFL uh, NFL Red Zone. Uh, one hundred fifty bucks a. A year, you say? Yeah, annually, yeah. And uh, they so also... more than 15 bucks a month. Uh, well, I mean... About 200? Yeah, it's, it's, about, it's about 20 bucks a month, I think, that okay. it works out to be. And uh, you have... Uh, so you've got all the football that I was just mentioning. You've got the American football, like NFL. American you, football. Yeah. Nice. You've got all those matches. You've got MLS Live. So you, they have a channel to watch uh, some, of the, uh, some of the MLS matches. And they also have the MLB network. So it's, it's pretty good. And... Uh, if you like watching Champions League in Canada, it's going to be, unless you're illegally accessing it, it's going to be the place to catch a lot of your sports. So um, hopefully a way of the future, kind of cutting back on all those cable costs, right? Yeah. And, uh, is there commercials or do they black out whenever you... Uh, I don't remember there being any commercials. Maybe they kind of, they, ha- they have their own uh, com- commentator team. Oh, okay. So they, they kind of maybe do like a halftime there, but there's not, it's not a surplus of ads as far as I can remember. All right, Dazen for the future of watching soccer. So you don't. So we're not going. You don't think the Champions League will be 
on TV, or do you think that there's going to be some kind of like a sub agreement between TSN and Dazen? Or there might be a sub. Absolutely. There might be a sub agreement. Yeah. There, yeah. There, I mean, I don't know that TSN will be. I don't know how willing they are to kind of let that go. Um, but you never know. It, it might be that Dazen is the only place you can catch it. So. See, I was really impressed with TSN whenever they lost the NHL, and I think the it kind of got like pulled right from under their feet. Yeah. They didn't expect the rugby pulled out. Yeah. But when Rogers made such an, an impressive bid to get the whole package, then TSN and TSN spent all that money to buy CBC's Hockey Night in Canada theme song. Yeah. You know, they don't even have hockey. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. But on top of that. I was like, okay, you know what? This might not be the worst thing ever. Like, the NBA is kind of like an up-and-coming league. Like, people say, like, the NBA is kind of like the new NFL. Yeah, but... Especially the NFL has, like, a lot of politics involved with it, whereas the NBA, I don't know. They're, like, stylish players. There's not as many of them. It has a lot of... The sport has a lot of finesse, you know? Mm. It's... A lot of them are... There's a lot of celebrities on the sidelines that you get to, like, see all the time. But, yeah... It's going to be interesting moving forward to just see what's happening. Yeah. I think Dazzin sound too bad. I'm going to have to get a Dazzin membership immediately. Yeah, they've got a lot of stuff on there. I mean, obviously, a lot of those sports are taking a break for a little while. but uh, And TSN will still obviously have the World Cup. But, you know, looking at looking at the next, like the NFL starting up in, in September and um, – and uh, MLB will be on all all uh, all summer long. It's definitely definitely worth a look. At least I think they probably have like a like a free a free trial if you if you look into that. Oh as right, well. right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're on the road, like I'm hoping to be. Well, I'm pretty mobile right now. Yeah. So if you're on the road, then this is perfect because you can just be watching this in airports. Yeah. Watching it in your hotels. Or you can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your computer. Anything. This is incredible. We should get Dazzin to sponsor our uh, podcast. <laughs> well, we have, we've talked about them for almost as long as the entire segment. So, uh, Yeah, well, it's worth it. It's worth it. All right. You want to maybe catch up again, Swanee, before the World Cup starts and, uh, and chat yes. about them? We will check. We're, we're going to be back with the World Cup preview. And besides that, maybe one more before that. If there's any huge transfers, maybe we'll have to do like a little mini transfer session. Sounds good, man. But it's been cool. I've been noticing, I mean... Not that we do this for the likes or the listens, but it's the first podcast we had something around the 28 listens. Mm -hmm. And then since then, it's been double digits, but less. Mm -hmm. And even though that there's like a couple people that are listening, that is kind of cool. And I feel like talking to you every week gives me the incentive to keep improving my soccer knowledge and staying up and everything. And yeah, it's like this one big global puzzle that mm -hmm. every no matter where you go in the world, you can mention certain names and people know Barcelona or Real Madrid, Messi, Neymar, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I find that soccer is the, the most global language and it's really cool to, when you're on top of it, there's so much to absorb. Totally. Yeah, so great chat with you, buddy. And we will be talking. You can start to get your picks ready for the World Cup. I'll get mine ready. Maybe we'll have a dark horse. Maybe we'll have our overall favorite. Mm -hmm. And we'll have to pick who's going to get the golden boot as well as the golden gloves for the World Cup. Sounds good. Until then, man. Until then. All right. Ciao. Later.